I would like to introduce you all to Professor Maeve Houlihan. And Maeve is Associated Dean and Director of UCD Lachlan Quinn School of Business. And she's also Associate Professor in Management. And she's an excellent mentor, and that's why we were here today. Um, she spoke at the Empowerment for Women Conference in 2018 in the University of Limerick, and she was one of the highlights. And unfortunately, because we were running out of time, she didn't have the time that she wanted. So I was very anxious to bring her back again so we could hear, because the amount of people that spoke about her fantastic lecture was just huge. And I was really anxious to get you back again, Maeve. But what? thank you so much for coming here today to uh, talk on our empowerment series. And we're doing empowerment of self, but also uh, empowerment of society in that we believe that gender equality is what we need to achieve. And therefore, I invited you here because you've achieved so much in such a short lifetime so far and you've a lot more to achieve. But I suppose what I would love you to tell is just your journey of how you got to where you are, Maeve, if you, if you don't mind. Well, thank you, Mary. You know, it's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I don't necessarily recognise myself in some of the things that you've said. But, you know, we all have, I suppose, the responsibility to, to I suppose, step into our shoes and own what we do. So thank you for those comments and um i would i would say that i am an unexpected professor if that's what we would call it um i i got a, a great start i'm from Ennison county clare and i went to college in ul then nihe so that will date me but yeah um I, you know i had a really exceptional experience there i would say i didn't find it easy i i did find college life hugely expansive and I loved that experience but I didn't find the academic side naturally easy I started off with business studies and it took me until my third year and I always tell my students now it took me until my third year to really feel any kind of um, confidence and connection with my subject and start to thrive really academically and mm -hmm. I went on from there Right now, just my role at the moment, I'm 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 director of the of the Quinn School of Business, which mm -hmm. is our undergraduate school in the College of Business in UCD. Mm -hmm. it, it's a fantastic spot. We've got about two thousand uh, students um, across our business degrees, and I work uh, right across the college. In the past, I would also have, have led in the masters programs and executive development, but I'm really enjoying this role at the moment because. I feel it's a very important time uh, for undergraduate education. Uh -huh. We've been um, able, we've been had a tremendous opportunity over the last several years to um, invest in the future of this of education at the school uh -huh. and develop a new wing. And so I've been involved in leading projects and, and collaborating on projects that really I probably never expected to do. OK, and may have I interview every day of the week, interview patients. But one of the things I always notice is that here you a female, you've you, you know, you've reached CEO level, really, you're director of, of UCD Business School. And if you were a man, you would be much more uh, and this is where, by the way, I have little boys at home, so I, I love men equally to, 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 to me, women, so I'm not a feminist. But I often find that women, you know, when they achieve as much as you do, they're always unassuming, whereas men are very assuming. Do you think there's something we can do about that uh, with, with uh, students, that we can sort of get their self-esteem higher and sort of expect that they expect to be where they are as opposed to sort of being very unassuming? What do you think about that? Yeah, well, it's a really interesting one. And, and to unpack it, first of all, I would say I am a feminist, but also mm -hmm. believe 
therapy and the equality. But what, what you're naming is something, my subject is organization behavior. So we talk mm. about how people communicate, how we work in groups, how we collaborate, all of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And I think you're naming exactly something that happens in some of our early socialization. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us want essentially to belong. That You know, male or female, that's what we're Absolutely. all living mm. for. Um, but we often learn as 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 young girls that I suppose that you the way that you get to belong is through through affiliation is through being liked is through concern and interest for others. We get a lot of exposure mm-hmm. to that. And um, I I mean if we're if we're really generalizing, which which we have to, to kind of make sense of things, then it is sometimes the case that boys get more supported in I suppose. Uh, our, claiming their authority or setting their ambitions or talking um, to their intentions. And, Absolutely. You know, you know, so it's a language, it's a way of speaking that we get socialized in. And, and it's not accidental. If you look, I mean, if you look at the, what we have grown up seeing on television, in the media and films. Mm-hmm. And really, sport, yeah. And sport, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, most sectors. Really, we're very exposed to um, an idea mm-hmm. that I suppose that um, women and men have different roles. And that's absolutely changing, I think, in no doubt about it. Um, and Maeve, why do you think it's taken so long for that change to happen? I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're a, a state now for quite a while, a free state. Why do you think it took us so long to get that? I mean, I think we are making inroads now because we see a lot of women in roles like you have and we see female CEOs, but not enough of them. What do you think we can do to change it? And why do you think it took so long to get to where we are today? Well, a lot of the time, the focus has been on helping or encouraging women to be certain ways in order to make that change. Mm-hmm. So there would have been a phase where it was about getting a seat at the table. And then in my in my world, in the world of business, there was some, it was sometimes described. There's a wonderful book title um, by a lady called Judy Watchman. It's just called Managing Like a Man. It was mm-hmm. the uh, idea that in order to succeed, you had to take on the mantle of how ma- how leaders and managers seem to do it, which because the majority were men seemed to be to have certain traits. Mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's time then for you know to, to to kind of bring different leadership styles, and I think we very much have a sense now that that there are lots of different styles. They're not exclusive to our genders at all, mm-hmm. but you know certainly we tend to surface different styles, and we need we need them all. Absolutely. Yeah. And Maeve, do you think we're doing enough to fact, for example, there is we, we want equality, but we have to realize that men and women are different. And in that case, when women have children, they need time out. They need support around that time. And I suppose in order to get equality in the workforce and at CEO and management level, um, we probably need to support women more in society. But that is not being done. Women that and I meet them all the time and, and, you know, women as well, who are sort of multitasking so much when they reach a certain level with still doing everything for the children, you know, still doing a top job at the office. And while their partners are helping, they just don't see it as their role to, to actually step up to the 50 50 role. So what do you think we can do to change that? And, and what can we do in the UCD business school to sort of educate from day one that this is necessary? Do you think there's anything we can do to change that? 
Yeah, I do. I mean, it is it is structural. So while some of it is, you know, attended to kind of how we can present ourselves, I mean, for sure, we have to include ourselves. We have to apply uh-huh. for the roles and we do tend to hold back and need more um, encouragement and tend to say, excuse me, that we have to be perfect before we can apply, whereas really the, the evidence is that you don't you should not wait until you're perfect and have everything mm-hmm. achieved and mm-hmm. um, so there's those things but there is also the structural side of it yes. um and so you know there is there is there is a sort of reality the things you've mentioned childcare, etc mm-hmm. um so i you know i i, I think it is undoubtedly changing just yeah. too slowly too slowly one uh, of the things that infuriates yeah. me i'm sure you're the same is we forever see papers brought out you know one in 18 and how the government are, are going to create a task force to change things and yet it's unbelievably slow and even if you talk i spoke to Maureen mcginnis she spoke at our conference last year and she was frustrated and she felt that there was a huge amount done when she was in her teens and then with you know the likes of um um, I'm trying to think now of, of their names and I can't think, but there was a whole 20 year gap then. And now suddenly we're talking about it. But there was a whole 20 years that was lost where people to, people didn't talk about it. You know, of Mary McCallaghan, you have we us talking about it. But we lost 20 years, Maeve. And I'm just wondering, you know, do we need Europe to get involved to push it? Do we need, for example, I'm talking about politically. Um, we saw there that they, they put a load of women up for um for election, but unfortunately, very few women got in. And what do you think are the reasons for that? Or do you think that women were put in areas that they couldn't possibly get a seat? Certainly one of my patients um, told me that, you know, there was a, a woman put up just for so that the party could get the, the pay, but that uh, there was no chance of her getting it in that particular area. So what can we do to make women in powerful roles and to enhance them, for example, politically? Um, because that's very important, isn't it? We have to look at it throughout society, not just in, in business, but also we need them in powerful government roles as well to change society, don't we? Well, we do. And, you know, we do have a lot of awareness now of our unconscious biases. So mm. in lots of ways, even though we see many very viable women candidates and excellent women going forward, you can see how contentious it sometimes is. We saw that with, you know, the the Clinton Trump election, and mm-hmm. it'll be very interesting, obviously, you know, to see how that unfolds in the current one, current one in terms of um, just creating space for difference. Mm-hmm. I think I think what we've learned is that um, that despite wanting to believe otherwise, we do have a tendency to favor the idea or they have an expectation, an unconscious expectation of what, you know, leadership looks like or who voices we want to hear. Mm -hmm. But that, you know, it absolutely is changing. I ask students every year who would be, you know, their ideal leader, who would be their ideal um, if they could have a fantasy lecture in, who would it be? And, you know, Every single time we see we see the vast majority of names coming through from all of us, from women and men mm-hmm. um, being being male names. Yes. Um, I remember you showing that in your lecture, Maeve. That was yeah. really very good. Yes. In UL two yeah. years ago. It was excellent. Yeah, yeah. it's so, so true. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, well, I suppose that, you know, that in a sense, that's that's sort of really confusing, isn't it? Because mm. most of would would like to think that we, we are much more diverse in our 
in our and much more open. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I just get very frustrated at that, to be honest with you, because we, we sort of we, you and I both see it and, and loads of women in our, our role see it. And we, I cannot understand why there's not more being done. For example, you, we mentioned earlier our, t, our TV stations. You watch 6-1 News tonight and the sports will be you know, all five minutes of it will be all about male sport. And there's a load of fantastic female sport, cricket, GA, etc. That's not put on at all. And women resent this, particularly women in sport. But the big worry I have is that all the young girls and young boys looking at it that that see that the that the males will see they're superior to the girls and that goes into the subconscious and that of course affects their psychic for later on and I know you've a huge interest in psychotherapy as well Maeve but you know that is my big concern that this is so obvious that this is affecting children by not having it equal on our national tv stations showing that showing sport equally for example and showing that representation equally to children. Um, and it's in all layers of society, it's in the church, it's, it's, it's right across. But I just think we really need to insist on that being changed because until we change the whole idea of not having equality, we're never going to get rid of abuse, emotional, physical, sexual. If that inequality is there, if one person feels they're superior to another, then we're never going to get rid of that. And that's that's a, a huge issue, isn't it? Well, you know, I'm very optimistic. I, I think that there's been an amazing um, investment in women in sport. Oh, yeah. um, we're really seeing the fruits of that now. Um, like 2020 I, this year, haven't we? We do. Mm. And, um, you know, we have amazing sports women um, coming through in the university. I do mentor some of them, particularly. Um, I met a, a, a fantastic new first year this year who's working towards the the uh, squad for Tokyo and you know you just really are hopeful all the time or not not even hopeful impressed and wowed all the time but by what women actually are doing mm-hmm. and um, I think I, I would I would be very optimistic that the, the the rising generations do have a very full sense of themselves and I think the challenge of their capacities the challenge is for all of us male and female for all of us really to kind of find ways to play to our strengths but not have to be all of it to everybody all of the time absolutely um, and if anything i think what you've referred to you know in in the last in the sort of lacuna of the of the 20 years is that piece where women were making fantastic strides in business in sport in all areas um but trying to do all of it and it puts just too much pressure. Yeah, and I think we need to look at the fact that they they do have different, um, you know, we are, we are different. Male and females are different. We, we need to look at that and see how we can support them. Maeve, pay inequality, it's a huge issue with women. I see it with patients that come in to me. They tell me they're doing the same job as their male counterpart, but they're not getting paid the same. And every year we see it coming through on the papers. The Irish Times had a huge article on it. Uh, what do you think we can do to change that? There is still that huge dilemma of them not being recognised as equal if they're not getting the same pay. What do you think yeah. we can do with that? I do. I mean, it's. It's. I think we're paying attention and we're counting the countable, which is what's going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, for example, at UCD and and you know the universities would be um, a one of the one of the 
one of the poor examples, if you like, of progression for women at times. Yes. Um, even though when you look around, you know, it's a 50-50 male-female environment. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of the professions and a lot of the sectors, you see that it diminishes to about 20%. And um, as you go towards the senior leadership, um, and then we've just seen our first appointment of a female president, of course, this year. In you well. Yeah, well, it's fantastic. Well, Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And Maeve, yeah. what do you think the reason for that is? Do you think it's just the whole family thing or do you think it's wider? What do you think the reason for that lack of um, women progressing into the higher levels in, in in universities and so forth? What do you think the reason is? Well, it's tipping. It, it's 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 both, I suppose, on the one hand, our um need to have increased numbers of applications from women and we you know we tend to hold back until we feel mm -hmm. we absolutely deserve the, po the post which very um, good point I think yeah. evidence shows that's not the right approach yeah. but but on the other side of the coin there's a much broader structural set of circumstances i suppose about about how we ex who who gets hired and why they get hired mm -hmm. And the kind of work profile that we look for. So um, I think there's enormous attention being paid to it now. UCD, um, like, a, like a lot of universities, is working towards um, a penis swan. So that's a whole mm. structured program of addressing um, across lots of different metrics mm -hmm. um, um, representation from all genders. And um, in particular, um, I suppose you're thinking there about trying to ensure that more people are applying that every committee mm -hmm. has balanced representation because what we would often see is that in some of the very um hard working say student centered roles some of the teaching leadership roles we'd often see a very high proportion of women leader female leadership there mm -hmm. um, and perhaps then to the cost of what usually is counted more in terms of research or in terms of promotion metrics. Absolutely, absolutely. And maybe one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is to sort of educate women in society, uh, because you brought up a very good point there that um, a lot of women have amazing CVs, but actually they would women have said this to me and I'm sure you've heard this as well, that they would feel that they would have to have the CV completely full of every diploma you could get to go for the position, whereas their male counterpart would be happy if you'd only two or three. And women just don't seem to have that confidence to go forward. And I've often heard this point made with patients telling me this, that their male counterpart would go forward. That self-belief is more. And I suppose that goal goes back to how we educate young girls, doesn't it? And how we how confident they are in their own skin, where, as you said, boys, we, t we seem to be doing that in society, but we're not empowering our young girls because they don't seem to have that that neck to go forward, even though they are overqualified in a lot of cases. But the, the, the men feel empowered to do so. What yeah, do you think you about know, that? Like, you know, to be fair to everybody, you know, I think I think there's just there's a lot of judgment sometimes mm. when women do go forward and do put themselves forward and do have that self-confidence mm. um so we're trying to traverse a world where we're being judged by so many people on so many accounts mm -hmm. um, it's an intergenerational moment i really believe that mm. i think it's loosening up i i see young men you know finding it difficult just as much as young women these days. Oh, and we don't want that. We don't want no. we, we certainly want it to the equality. We certainly don't want uh, it, it to go the other way. And that, that would be a bad thing. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. that's right I, I think what we're beginning to realize as well is that what we want in leaders what we want in you know senior managers and heads of business and um uh, political leaders is we want people who have a great sense of empathy and compassion uh-huh. um so we want uh, i suppose that wider uh-huh. uh, set of set of um experiences now and there's more appreciation and value of that totally but it was it was very interesting wasn't it through the pandemic you know um how how it felt like there was such a very strong um comfort around there being a group of leaders there um who all happened to be men who seemed to you know it was almost like there was a lurch to some idea of um the father you know and people being able to kind of settle into that yes very good point, Maeve. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Maeve, you know, the whole idea of women when they get into prominent roles, a lot of women would say that they're not good at bringing them up along the ladder and that women don't support women enough. Do you think that's true or are you seeing changes in that area? I've never found that. Um, mm. I, must, I must confess, I have always had amazing support mm. from from women and it's one of the it's one of the kind of tropes, one of the kind of stories that gets told mm. um, that uh, women are unkind to each other. I mean, I, I, of course, humans can be unkind yeah. to other humans. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think, you know, there is nothing to beat the solidarity of your peers in mm-hmm. terms of trying to move forward. Move forward. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And maybe you brought up that point there of, of in the pandemic where we had very much male leadership. In fairness, the media did point it out and said, where are the women? And was it Eta Kelly writes on the Sunday Independent? She's very good at sort of highlighting what is very, you know, not right in society. And I think she brought that up several times, didn't she? That we need way more women to get up to those roles and equal representation. Um, you know, to to be led from the front so that our young boys and girls can look at it. So, you know, that's a good point. Maeve, you are, went to a series of 2017 International Roundtable discussions internationally. Can you tell us about that? Oh, right. Well, no, we, um, I, I, you know, I suppose it's part of the joyful thing that you do as an academic is sometimes you organise conferences and events. Um, across the academic community. So yeah, I hosted uh, a roundtables in Dublin with um, some scholars, including Henry Minsberg and uh, Jonathan Gosling. And we we just had a group of um, MBA students from universities around the world come and really settle in with us for a week to 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 learn differently, to 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 have a very experiential week mm-hmm. looking at their own management practices. And I have to say, it's one of those times and one of those types of learning that roundtable where um, you get to be a student alongside your students. Um, it's a very much driven by, um, I suppose, the idea of just curiosity and trying to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. So, look, those are that's just one thing, I suppose, among many um, things. I would really, in terms of just talking about careers in in the university, um, I would love to see more young women uh, and men actually aspire to become academics, to get into research, mm-hmm. and to see look into the idea of. Um, becoming um, a professor or an academic because it is an extraordinary career the, the way the range of things that you get to do mm-hmm. um, it's really um, 
extraordinary um, from, you know, obviously working with rising generations, being connected to what's going on and what the issues are in each new generation and having the opportunity to try and make things better for them. Uh -huh, extraordinary absolutely then, you know the research side and and i suppose just a sense of community it's one of the few areas um uh, that i think gets under underrepresented as a career aspiration you're totally right i think professor luke o'neill is going to do a lot of good in that area he's a real yeah. academic and i think he's sort of making people look differently at the whole line of academia and how diverse it can be wouldn't you agree Maeve? he's he's been a great role model in that regard hasn't he Maeve, the other thing, the Africa project, I was, tell me about that. You're, you're involved with an Africa project as well. Yeah, we have been working for a couple of years with an organization called Proudly Made in Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of it is in the business curriculum, um, there's a lot talked about global business, but it tends, it's interesting how from a Western perspective, it, we tend to look towards, say, China and India, learn a lot from and do a lot of business with um those those parts of the world but Africa as a continent is significantly neglected uh -huh. um, and as a right you know we talk about Africa rising the 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 next generation of business is very much the populations across Africa the opportunities across Africa are so significant uh -huh. um, so we knew that and, and also the need um, for partnership and elevation just as we're talking for about for women you know mm -hmm. that need is strongly there mm -hmm. Hugely, in, yeah. in, in, in developing nations and particularly you know taking then looking across issues of race and diversity so so from our from our perspective we saw you know and actually it's been wonderful to work with proudly made in africa the opportunity to just bring africa into the curriculum and talk to students uh, about Africa, work to develop case studies on doing business with Africa in different ways. And then the, the whole idea, I suppose, is to begin to think about doing business in ways that are less about extracting value from, from other nations, which has often been the case, and rather bringing value or, you know, ensuring that um, nations can thrive by, by really doing growing up the value chain in their own mm -hmm. in their own uh, country in their own business i think it's brilliant Maeve, that you're doing that and as you said you're leading from the front and you have influencing a whole lot of students and influencing society and helping helping the underdeveloped world which is huge but as you said the women in africa we really need to always be conscious of while we're helping ourselves we need to help them as well because they have it much harder uh, than than we do Maeve, the whole uh, me too movement will we'll finish soon on this but the me too movement uh, was great wasn't it because it sort of brought the whole um you know that it's okay for women to speak out and it's okay for them to to say things, for example, that were, you know, covered over for years and the whole area of sexual harassment. Um, what do you think about the Me Too movement? Do you think it was good or bad or, um, you know, what do you think of the whole area of sexual harassment and how we can improve things for women in the workplace? Well, it's 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 not comfortable for anybody. You know, it yeah. is a, it's been a very difficult and continues to be a difficult period for um for the world and across genders, um, mm. just as we, you know, we've seen in the church and institutions as well. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it's just, it's a really important, difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. 
and there's been a lot of courageous voices and, and at times you know there's other, there's critiques that we can think about but i would feel that what really comes out is that sometimes we're hearing we're hearing you know if the important message is if this can happen to me a person of privilege for example mm-hmm. then then you know it's really important that i speak out because of what what is that then likely for people who have less privilege than me absolutely yeah. absolutely and yeah. i think that's why we're here today because i certainly feel if we can educate society to say that men and women are equal then if, if there is there is no harassment if you don't feel you're superior to the other person um, and obviously there's a whole load of reasons for sexual harassment, but they do. The psychologists do say a lot of it is that the, the, the man or woman, whoever is harassing, feels they're superior to the other person and that they're jealous of, of that other person as a result. So I suppose by us educating women and you being such a great role model and a mentor for, for young uh, students, Maeve in particular, we're saying that, you know, you can reach the heights that you've reached and um, that you have to work in your self-esteem because if you believe you you will achieve and that's so important. But as you said, um, it's there for everyone. We now have a very free society and that we can all get to the top if we want to. And sometimes it might be hard, but you just have to keep going and um, keep keep striding forward. Maeve, I'm going to finish up soon, but what would be the things that you would like to educate the audience? What are the sort of nuggets that you would like just to, to, if you give me three or four lines on nuggets that you would like young women to be listening to? Because this podcast is going to reach a wide audience. So what would you uh, impart on them as the nuggets that you have learned and how they could empower themselves? Well, I I love what you've said. I think you've really summed it up. I, I would just add to it, I suppose, that I think we've realized now we have to treasure difference. Um, so it, it, just as you're, you know, saying that it's not about um, a domination or one being better than the other, absolutely not. It's about all of us bringing our differences. We need each other because none of us are perfect. Absolutely. Neither do we have to be perfect. It'd be very boring if we were. And if anything, you know, I, I, I think my mentoring contribution or leadership contribution is sometimes in my messiness and sometimes not being all the things that we're meant to be, you know, being very imperfect. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to treasure that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not into, you know, I, I, it's my own socialization and generation, but yeah, I do find it very difficult personally mm-hmm. to self-promote. I'm not comfortable with praise. Mm-hmm. And maybe I need to change those things. Or maybe all of us need to be less invested in that and mm-hmm. a bit more about the other and how we can make things better. Absolutely. I remember um, being at a talk on unconscious bias. And one of the suggestions was um, that as a woman, we should be particularly aware of the association of roles. So, you know, if you're uh, hosting a meeting as a chair, be particularly aware not to, for example, uh, pour the tea or, you know, mm-hmm. play too much of a sort of a, a host a host role, role in that traditional sense. Very good point. And, yeah. Well, well, it is. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, I was thinking um, I absolutely want everybody to make everybody welcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to not pour the tea. I think it's kind of important as a leader as I would that I yeah, would. Yeah. You want to be but, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But but I suppose what we need is a world where everybody feels that they would pour the tea because that's instinctive, because they're thinking about the other and they're wanting to serve. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So those are, the, those are the things. I think there is a structural piece, you know, and we have to pay attention. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. The stuff about quotas, the stuff about measuring and going for the awards and doing the surveys and making sure there's um, proportion in the representation of boards and things. Those things really do matter. They begin to affect the landscape. Um, but all of us together, I think the main thing we can do is 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 lift each other up, back each other, encourage each other um, and talk about it. That's what you're doing right mm-hmm. now. And one of one of my female mentors said to me the most important thing, Maeve, and I really think that's fantastic what you've just said, by the way, I concur with every every bit of it. One of them said was we need to value each each other and value ourselves. And once we value ourselves, we know the boundaries. And I think that's one of the things I find female patients that come into me who have hormone imbalances that they don't value themselves. And as a result, they're not doing all the things they need to do, which is boundaries, love of themselves, eating healthily and setting out time for themselves. So. I think that we're we're rearing our boys to have a great value for all the reasons we spoke about. And we need two of themselves, but we need to do the same with our girls. And I think if we can instill that in girls and in women to value themselves and love themselves, then they will be, you know, never, ever apologize for being who they are. And they will always respect themselves and they will also do what they should do and have the necessary boundaries so that they can achieve what they want to achieve. So that, 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 that's what I was thinking. But anyway, Maeve, you're an amazing mentor. I'm so delighted you came here today. You're wonderful. Uh, I was starstruck last two years ago in UL and there's a huge audience and they thought you were amazing and your slides and everything just so educational. But really appreciate you coming. You've achieved so much and make sure you you uh, take that on the chin because we're, we're very proud of you. But I really want all the women listening t- today to see how so, so you're so lovely, so ordinary, but yet that you've achieved so much and that one of your main objectives is to mentor uh, men and women uh, for equality but also you're doing that over the next few maybe 20 years in UCD Maeve and and I'm delighted that you're doing such an extraordinary role in society so thank you so much again for for coming today really really appreciate it and I hope you enjoy listening back to this podcast as much as everybody else will as well thanks Maeve thank you